1: Consequence Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to The Spark Parade, where I geek out with artists and entertainers about their cultural spark of inspiration. I'm Adam Unz, at Spark Parade on all social media. Thanks ever so much for joining me. Uh, My guest today is diva, legend, drag icon, and superstar, Trinity the Tuck, who spoke to me about her spark, Death Becomes Her. Now, if you know anything about Trinity's work and the subject matter we discussed, you're already excited. If you don't know anything about one or both parts of that equation, you should get excited. Uh, I had so, so, so much fun chatting with Trinity about one of the campest movies of all time. So I guess I should just let you listen to our conversation. But first, it's your last chance to enter our little review competition. The instructions are follow me on Apple Podcasts, leave me a lovely little review, and then you get a chance to uh, win some consequence merch. It's pretty simple. You just screenshot your review after you post it, upload it to the link in the show notes, and you are done. It'll be a lovely little holiday present for me. Okay? Thank you. Now, quick Trinity facts. Trinity the Tuck, formerly known as Trinity Taylor, is a drag performer and recording artist best known for competing in the ninth season of RuPaul's Drag Race and as one of the winners of the third season of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars. She has released a chart-topping album called Plastic, starred in various music videos including Taylor Swift's You Need to Calm Down, and has hosted a drag series called Love for the Arts. She currently is one of the six faces of Serve Vodka and continues to dazzle audiences worldwide with her iconic performances. Trinity has just released her first ever Christmas album, Trinity Ruins Christmas, The Musical, and the accompanying hardcover book, Trinity Ruins Christmas, The Chronicles of Sister Mary Cunts*, Both of which are available right now for your entertainment. Quick Death Becomes Her facts. Death Becomes Her is a satirical black comedy film directed and produced by Robert Zemeckis. It stars Meryl Streep and Goldie Hawn as rivals who fight for the affections of the same man, played by Bruce Willis, and drink a magic potion that promises eternal youth. It was released in 1992 to mixed reviews from critics, but it became a commercial success grossing $149 million worldwide on a $55 million budget. It was a pioneer in the use of computer-generated effects, and it went on to win the Academy Award for Best Visual Effects. Since its release, Death Becomes Her has become a cult classic which has particularly resonated with the queer community. And there you have it! Let's slide on over to the good stuff. Here comes my chat with Trinity the Tuck about Death Becomes Her. thinking back, can you remember seeing Death Becomes Her for the first time or hearing about it or whatever?
0: I can't give you exact dates or anything because I was, I was pretty young, but I remember being a little kid watching it and thinking, wow, that like, this is so glamorous. And like, you know, as a little queer kid, you're like, I want to be her. And then see the other her and then you're like i want to be her and then you see the other her and you want to be like i want to be her so there's like so many iconically queer driven characters that just you know make every gay and they and beyond want to be just like them in this movie um so I just, I just became obsessed very early on like as soon as you know as a kid as soon as i saw it
1: yeah it's uh actually This is so obvious, but I hadn't really thought about this, that, like, as queer people, when we see queer things as kids, it's this, you know, you're looking at it through a child's eyes, but a queer child's eyes, and it's like, oh, these glamorous dresses and these women are so, like, sophisticated. And then as you get older and you can kind of appreciate the more adult humor, and then it's like, it shifts from just being about that, because that part never goes away, but then also the dialogue and the performances and just the attitude of the whole thing.
0: Yeah. As a kid, you don't, you don't read too much into all that. You're just thinking, Oh, this is so pretty. And obviously it's very uh, like a a very adult movie, but I don't, I don't know. Maybe I snuck around my grandmother and watched it. I don't remember, but yeah, I loved it as a kid just because all the women were so beautiful and um, definitely appreciated the story and the dialogue and the humor much more as I got older and the more you watch it, you catch little things here and there. I just—it's such a fantastic dramatic movie.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just rewatching it, you know, the standard lines—you know, there's a hole in my stomach or "now a warning." Those kinds of things that are just like ingrained in, you know.
0: I use I use "now a warning" all the time. <laughs> now a warning all the, all the time. I just I right. it's it's such a you know there's movies that have those cult followings and you know every piece of dialogue from the movie, this is one of those movies that every queer person knows. And if they don't know it, they should definitely watch because it's so so iconic.
1: Hmm. And one thing that I find really fascinating is I think it's only or predominantly straight people who made this movie. And I always wonder when that happens, where there's this film that speaks to queer people, people so much and is so identified with queerness you know, whether it's after the fact or when it is released, what was going on in the minds of these, again, predominantly straight people, but predominantly straight men who were making this movie. And if any of it was intentional, and I kind of feel like it wasn't like, I read an interview with one of the writers and he was like, asked why this movie resonates so much with queer people. And he's like, um, I don't know. It's like the, like gay people, like, you know, the chicks doing like being successful or something, just like no real connection to what was going on. But I like I don't know. I mean, do you think that that was? Do you think any of that was intentional? There's no real way to know. But I'm sure this was you know just the, the style of the times. The the
0: styling of it was was very much the the 90s when it came out. Uh, it, it's it, it's it's all very relevant to the time. I it, the the campiness of the. Acting and the way that they shot it was very in the in the time of the '90s. I think why queer people resonate so much to it is one: the actresses in it are just so fantastic. It's so campy, it's dramatic, and also the the hair and makeup and the wardrobe. You know, there was queer people doing hair and makeup in the wardrobe for this movie. Like it just shows, obviously, and and I think that definitely. The, the glamour of the movie. It's a very glamorous movie. So as queer people, we, we love all of that. We love the, the fantasy of it. We love the pageantry of the movie. And, um, that's definitely what drew me in is, is that I was like, that, that's a drag queen. I can see all of those being replaced with a drag queen. Yeah. Playing you know, those, those parts because it's, it's just very over the top. And, you know, as, as queer people, we love pageantry.
1: We certainly do. Um, But also, I was reading stuff about um, comparisons to like, you know, I guess that those women are sort of supposed to be villains, but it's this complicated thing where it's like villains who you root for. And that's another thing that's like, you know, particularly uh, Disney villains who are women, Maleficent and uh, Ursula and people like that. right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Queer people love. I think what it is is that
0: behind every story of a villain, um, you you get a peek that yeah they're villains, but the reason why they're villains you don't get the full backstory of what they went through to become the person that they are. And a lot of queer people can relate to that because we're always villainized, so you don't really get the full picture of what what really makes the person versus. What the story is told about the person, and um, I think as queer people, we can definitely sympathize f- with with villains because um, they're they're kind of misunderstood. Yeah, and they may do some horrible things, but what what pushed them to the limit of of where they're at to be the villain?
1: Right. Yeah, and you know, there's a lot said about this movie really showing the pressures that women face uh, to stay young forever, to look a certain way forever. And I think, you know, there's a lot of parallels between that and the way that queer people, especially queer men, are, you know, expected to be young forever, whatever. And that's one side of it. But it's also, you know, you see these two women who are fighting against each other for a man and then kind of reverse course and are like, no, let's work together and be together forever. And we'll use that man together. That is just, yeah delicious.
0: We, yeah, it's, it, I mean, you can't, the storyline alone is just, you can't get any better than, than what this, the, the story is. I'm, I'm really excited to see how they do. Cause you know, they're, they're remaking the movie and they're also, I, I believe they're making a musical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm excited to see what they do with both of those projects because, um, it's such an iconic movie already with iconic actresses and you can't top it. So, um, is it going to be you know a parallel goodness or um are they going to tweak the storyline to make it something different because remakes often don't live up to the hype and this is a movie that I'm like I don't know like it's going to be really hard to have that caliber and and you know the movie the way that they make movies nowadays is not this the same as the 90s the 90s had such a great camp about the way that they acted in the way that things were shot and the way that things were written and that they don't do now. So um, that's part of the love of this movie is is campiness. Yeah. So I'm excited to see what they do.
1: Me too. And I'm, uh, you know, I don't know exactly what's happening with the remake of the movie. I know Jessica Chastain was really pushing to be a part of it for a while. And it'll be interesting to see what happens when people who are fully aware of the campiness of it and really understand what people are attracted to about that movie, try to remake it and maybe through that lens and whether that will be a good thing or a bad thing to have like that be the focus. um, I really hope that it's a good thing. Yeah. I, I heard rumors
0: that, that a couple of the cast members would be Lady Gaga. Mm. I heard that, um, what is her name? Um, she was in devil wears Prada as
1: the, the good girl.
0: Anne Hathaway, in Hathaway, and then
1: uh, Kate Hudson mm, to play the goalie on, yeah,
0: yeah. I, I heard she was part of the cast. So uh, if that is the cast, if it really is the cast, I'm really excited about it because all three of those women are um, fantastic actresses, and gays love them too. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and the Broadway show is having uh, an out of town run in Chicago next year. Oh, and initially. It was supposed to be Kristen Chenoweth in it, <gasps> which would have been so fucking amazing, no. when she's not doing it. No. Um, I'm yeah, lying. yeah, I don't know. It, it didn't didn't work out. Maybe sometime down the line, but Megan Hilty is taking that role. Who's another Broadway actor who's very good, and I'm sure it'll be amazing. But you know, Kristen Chenoweth is like the the queen of she. Yeah.
0: <laughs> we all love that. Queen people love. Christian Chenoweth, I mean, she is one of my favorite um, musicals she ever did was Candide. And she has a song called Glitter and Be Gay. And it's just so camp and so gay and another pageantry moment. And, and but all of Broadway is is just, you know, a bunch of gays being fabulous. And and when I say gays, I also mean people like Christian Chinwith. They're honorary gays because they are just so um they're drag queens and I love it.
1: Totally. And so like surrounded by queer people at all times and absolutely in love with the fact that they're surrounded by queer people at all times. So um yeah, it's a really special
0: yeah. thing. Well,
2: I think she knows that she's
0: like a queer icon. I, mm. I do. And oh, I for sure. Harold Sweep knows that she's a queer icon. You know, these these um these women who I um, know they know what their fan bases are, and and I'm sure that they're super appreciative. But yeah, um, I'm I'm excited about the remakes, but I love the original. You can't get anything better than Meryl Streep saying, "You pushed me down the stairs." I mean, they're just the way she says stuff. is just such a villain, such a drag queen.
1: Yeah, and the thing, I mean, I could go on for days about how much I love her in general, but. Something that I love so much about her is that this is a woman who's like, without question, across the board, objectively, one of the best actors ever. Everyone agrees on that. She is highly decorated, honored in every way possible. And she could have a career where she's like, all I want is prestige dramas. All I want is movies that are going to get me Oscars and that's it. But she Is like she's having so much fun in this movie and she's so good and it's so over the top. And it's like the opposite of, you know, the movies that she has won Oscars for. And she takes those. It's like, you know, doing Mamma Mia, like the fact that she says, I'm going to do something that's just about having fun and pleasing people. It makes me love her even more.
0: Yeah, she has such a range. Uh, um, It's just it's I'm sure she had a lot of fun with this movie. She had to have had a lot of fun with this movie just such a great actress. One of my favorite parts is such a small uh part that maybe if you only watch the movie, you forget about it, but it's where she's leaving and she's like, oh, nothing happened. And then all of a sudden in the mirror, her boobs, you know, they rise and her butt gets higher and her waist gets smaller and her hair and her skin just starts to look perfect. And she whooshes her hair and she's like, I'm a, it's just like in you know that is the the ultimate fantasy for every drag queen as soon as they put on all of their makeup and their lashes that's the moment you're like i'm a girl i mean it's just it's so so such the fantasy it's such a good movie
1: yeah like watching the singeing happen in real time just like just seeing the
0: drag queen come to life i mean she is meryl streep in that moment she is a drag queen, she is Maleficent and Cruella and Ursula, all in one. She's she's become the the ultimate villain. This is her villain era. She's she has become the 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 boss in that moment. And every drag queen, even though I, I don't mean drag queens are are evil, but villains are fabulous, mm, mm-hmm. and they're like perfect in that way of of being vain and th- what what is drag. You're definitely vain if if, if you drag, because um, you're trying to be the perfect character. And um so she turns into the perfect drag queen in that
1: moment. Yeah, yeah, amazing. And you can see the clear like a, a through line from that to like Miranda Priestley and Devil Wears Prada you know that's like she tries to kind of sand the uh the edges off of the campiness there so that it's a you know played down a little bit but that's still so fucking camp and so iconic and such a another touchstone for queer people yeah but she actually I read hated working with special effects and like doesn't didn't ever want to do it again. She was like that is torture because she's an actor who loves acting and she's like, you know, they're saying this broom is goldy. So just, you know, react to her and she's like, I can't do that. Um and just found it like really slow and really hard to work with, but at the same time, she just gushes about this movie and talks how talks about how much she loves watching it and how much she loves the finished product. So, yeah. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Another
0: actress who That has an iconic queer famed movie that, that the, the gays just love who it it was initially a box office bomb, but is such a cult classic is, um, Mommy Dearest. A Dunaway absolutely will not talk about or watch Mommy Dearest. She did so bad. She hate, she hates the way that she acted in it. And, um, but we love it because (laughs) it gets. If another drag queen, you know, a drag queen on our screens, even though it's not really a drag queen, it's just so over the top and dramatic and glamorous. And uh, all things are the same. They all relate back to uh, just being so glamorous. And I, I could totally see they ever did like a remake of Mommy Dearest, which they won't. Um, but if they did, Meryl Streep would have been the perfect Mommy Dearest. It's so, Just so good. Just so over the top. Just so over the top. And I'm I'm interested to see what the next queer iconic cult classic will
1: be time for a quick break because somebody's got to keep the lights on around here but we'll be right back That's that's interesting. Faye Dunaway strikes me as somebody who does not have much of a sense of humor about herself Um, and, you know, wants it to be like, this was something that is like a very important performance that people should take seriously. And so having people think that it's like camping over the top is really offensive to her. And I think Meryl Streep has the ability to just kind of go, well, let's just go with it. And, you know, this movie is supposed to be funny. It's not um, like Mommy Dearest where it's supposed to be quite like harrowing and there are terrible things that happen in it but yeah in summary i love meryl streep
0: yeah i think there is there is definitely like the ultimate gods of acting and and in movie characters that queer people uh gravitate towards and meryl streep in this movie is one of them i think goldie hahn is is up there too but meryl streep just overshadows everyone Mm -hmm. and um you know Mommy Dearest is uh, the movie Mommy Dearest, Beta Noe's character in it is one of them. I think that, um, speaking of Goldie Hawn, her in First Wives Club is another great, iconic, queer, beloved character. Um, there's just so many. There's just so many. It's just so, so, so good. I, but I, I, um, I love this movie. I, I watch it. I probably watched it a thousand times. But I watch it at least once or twice a year and, um, actually, last DragCon UK, I did, and I can't think of her name. The character that was the the one with the the potion. Oh, that is a, Isabella Rossellini's yeah, character. Isabella yeah. Rossellini's character. She, I, I was I dressed up as her um, with the the beaded necklace that just barely covered everything. Mm-hmm. Wrong that was tied. I dressed up as her um, as that character for DragCon UK last year. And, um, just so good. Just so fun. Another drag character. This, this movie is just full of drag. Characters. It's just, um, it's just so fun. I'm actually in talks with, so I just released a Christmas album musical. Mm-hmm. Trinity Ruins Christmas, the musical, which also has a book with it, um, that I just released, uh, this month. And the producer that helped me with this album is helping me come up with a song. That is basically about Death Becomes Her without it being called Death Becomes Her. And I'm excited to uh, do this song, this project, because I want the music video to be all the iconic moments from the movie. And um, I'm, I can't wait to recreate them with whoever I, I feature with in the song. So um, something fun for for my fans to look forward to in the new year is is the song. I'm, I'm probably going to try to re- release it um, along with um, either the musical that's coming out or like the movie, whenever that might come out too. Um, so we'll have to see, but it's going to be super fun to recreate.
1: Yeah. Oh my God. That's so exciting. I, th- I think the musical is like March, March and April, something like that.
0: Maybe we'll, we'll release it around then. Cause that, that, if that comes out sooner, cause I'm already in the process. Like we, we have a meeting this week, actually to, to, uh, it's so funny that I'm doing this, um, interview about the movie and we're actually doing, uh, some, a project around this. Cause I just love it so much. It's just such a, it's been very influential in my drag, uh, for sure. Uh, Trinity is, uh, the character of Trinity that I have done over the years, She's super glamorous and loves big hair and loves the pageantry and loves the drama of, of drag and, and what this movie is all about. And these are the, the movies that have inspired, uh, what has inevitably become Trinity. And so to, to be able to pay homage to this, this movie coming up is going to be so
1: fun. I can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. That, um, the Isabella Rossellini character as well. It's all about, like, body, 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 body. Yes. And she just did an interview recently with Vulture where she's, like, looking back on that movie and talking a lot about it, and she loves it as well. And also, she did that movie and Madonna's sex book, I think, in the same year. It was definitely right around the same time, so it's, like, queer overload. Um, You know, really taking, taking queerness uh, as far as she can.
0: <laughs> we love that. We love... Um... The women that, that have paved the way, like, um, it's super important that, that we all recognize that these glamorous women are the gateway for so many queer young people, you know, queer women who fall in love with them and the, the queer men and theys that want to be just like them, uh, and, um, you know, they are the gateway to, to the, the, the glitz and glamour and the fantasy of of what we love about uh, these movies and these characters and these actresses. It's just, you know, so fun.
1: Yeah. Also, I I was thinking about uh, Bruce Willis. You know, he's obviously not the focus. He is the straight man in, you know, pun intended, but thinking about, this, like, super straight, hyper-masculine action star who's, like, a Republican in real life, is, like, super conservative, being in this movie that's so camp and just letting these amazing women totally bulldoze over his performance. And I talked to somebody recently about The Fifth Element as well, which is another thing where it's, like, a movie made by straight people that's super camp and has tons of, like, queer touchstones. So it's interesting to me. Again, I don't know how... Aware of being immersed in queerness, he was when he was doing these movies, but it's uh it's kind of cool to me. Um, you know, I, I, again, I don't know if it was intentional for him or not. But
0: I'm sure not. If he's if he's, I, I didn't I don't know. You know, I, I try not to keep up too much about um actors' political views because that kind of like ruins the the fantasy. But um, I'm sure if he's super conservative, he probably didn't realize. Which I also love. If he hates it, the fact that it's such an iconic queer movie. Well, I'm sorry, buddy, but it is. But yeah, he was also a great, you know, you can't take that away from me. He was great at playing the straight man. Like you mm-hmm. said, straight character. Um, uh, the punchline a lot of the time. He was also very camp in the way that he acted. His character It was really good. It was really good. It, um, I was not attracted to him at all in this movie, mm-hmm. but attracted to uh, his acting because it was so fun it was it was definitely campy and him being little i don't know if i can say this being a little bitch uh, (laughs) you certainly can (laughs) the two bulldozing over him and telling him what to do and making him paint their asses you know (laughs) right right the the dream to to have a man cater to you right
1: oh love it love it and thinking about that too like the way that this can translate to the stage, there are lots of other people in this movie. It's a you know big budget, big spectacle, but you could do it with four people, really. Yeah.
0: So definitely. So you know, who knows? I love to 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 do a project, Tony, So maybe I'll I'll um turn this one song into uh, a
1: drag version of of Death Becomes Her. Oh my God! Please. <laughs> yeah. It would. Be fun. Um. The. Other thing that is just like, in terms of the impact that I thought was, this is like an aside, this is kind of random, but um the special effects that they used, it was like really groundbreaking, really, you know, the neck twisting around all that stuff. It was like the first time that anything like that had been done and it was at the kind of birth of CGI. And I think it still really holds up. I don't think it looks, you know, it's like not as perfect as it would be these days, but that technology went straight into jurassic park like it was the foundation for what they did in jurassic park which is another really cool way that the this movie has a a pretty nice legacy yeah i'm
0: interested to do some more research about the movie to see like okay yes it might not have been a hit when it came out but like how has it been since then for for money wise for the, the the production company that that created it has it i mean obviously it had to have done something if they're recreating it and sometimes that's that's just true about movies is that they they don't get the recognition that they deserve when they first come out but then over the years they do accumulate the popularity that they didn't at that the beginning but that's kind of the same with like the music industry too like some somebody can put out a song and it start really low but then climb to the the top but it's a different time you know um, than it was in the the 90s, and so um, to see, I, I'm interested to see how they how the actors act this. Is, is it going to be as camp as the original? And if it is, like, how are they going to shoot it? Who's going to play Bruce Willis's character? Because I I did I, I didn't hear that. Which that's who cares about the man? We yeah. we want to and we know the Lady Gaga is going to play um, Isabella's character, I believe. Oh wow. So obviously, she's a witch. So of course, yeah. Lady Gaga. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. That's so amazing. But yeah, like thinking about a movie like that, that really wanted to be a blockbuster when they made it and the you know goal was to have as wide an audience as possible. So remaking it, realizing what the real audience was and maybe trying to cater more towards queer people and uh, the people who really understood the humor and um, appreciated it for, for what it is.
0: Yeah. One thing I, I hope that they do with the, the new movie, um, maybe even with the musical, is they let us in a little bit more on um, Isabella's character. Like, what, what, what where is the, the origin? Like, go deeper into the origins. And she obviously moves around. You know, she, she doesn't stay and she follows the river or, or, or whatnot, what, what she says in the, in the movie, The spring. So I, I would love to know more about her origin story. She's so old and she's got history. So maybe they, they'll do a deeper dive into where that that character came from.
1: Right, and also you know having a client list that includes Marilyn Monroe and James Dean and whatever like there's so much stuff to play with there.
0: Nod in their new movie if they um, if they have nods to Meryl Streep and. Goldie Hawn in this one as, as some of the, of the clients that she's had. So, c- cause that would be such a good nod to the past.
1: Or maybe even have them in the movie. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe.
0: <laughs> that would be so good. It would be so good. I would love to see what they would do as, um as characters in this. I don't know what they, cause like you said, there's four main characters. So everyone else is kind of like just background. So to, uh, to To see what else they would, how they would play those characters would be fun. I mean, I if I was an actress, I would love to just do a little cameo in the back where you, you know, it was like a. uh, I always find that fascinating when you have like a huge major star that literally is like two seconds of a movie, and and why they chose to be in such a small role. But it's always like a oh my gosh
1: moment. So it would be really cool. Yeah, I mean, especially for someone like. Lady Gaga, who is one of the queerest humans on Earth, you, you hope that the reason she would want to do something like this is because she really fucking gets it and she loves this movie. And I think she does. She definitely does. She, she, she's probably the same age range as myself.
0: And so growing up, she probably loved this. She's basically a, a drag queen too. Yeah. She got her start around the Butcher Drag. So she definitely loves the pageantry of it. It, it probably also has influenced her career. Um, her her uh stage persona to a degree because of the over-the-topness of what, what this movie is about
1: yeah yeah well we shall see fingers crossed for something yeah. amazing on all fronts in every iteration of uh death becomes her that is coming including your stuff yeah okay we'll see <laughs> yeah i can't wait uh well i think that is a lovely note to finish on thank you so much this has been so much fun
0: Oh, thanks for having me. I've enjoyed this chat.
1: Yeah, me too. That was so much fun. Thanks again to Trinity for talking to me. Go out and get her Christmas album, Trinity Ruins Christmas, the musical, and her book, Trinity Ruins Christmas, the Chronicles of Sister Mary Cunts." right now. Okay, quick spark of the week from me. Uh, My sister has been trying to get me to watch For All Mankind on Apple for months. First of all, it felt like too big of a commitment cuz it's on its fourth season and that's a lot of TV to watch. And the trailers and frankly everything about it made it look like it was not for me. Um I thought it was going to be, you know, this America fuck yeah kind of jingoistic source of exhaustion for me, but I finally gave in and it is so fucking good. <sighs> I'm obsessed. It's uh, an alternate world version of The Space Race and the development of the American Space Program, and it's like, I don't know, Mad Men in Space or something, maybe? Uh, it's got such a good, complex story, and it's really exciting, and the special effects are great, and I love it. So yeah, I guess the moral of the story is, listen to your sister. And that's about it. Please follow me on social media at Parade please follow me on Apple Podcasts and give the show a nice review so you can have a chance of winning some Consequence merch. And don't forget to upload your review screenshot in the link in the show notes too. Otherwise you can't win, and I want you to win. And until next time, bye!